Hi, this is Adam Creighton with Emergent Game Technologies. Uh, this is our next podcast, and I would like to introduce... Hi, I'm Vincent Scheib. Uh, I'm also with Emergent Game Technologies. I'm in architecture land. And Dan Amerson. Dan, what do you do? I'm an emergent as well. I'm one of the technical directors. I was going to leave that out. It doesn't seem relevant for this podcast. All right, so what we want to do is we want to do a quick uh, follow-on since it's been a big week with E3 and everything. We want to talk about some of the titles, tech, and other industry happenings. So, um, Vince, why don't you lead us off? So, E3, uh, pretty cool this year. One thing I noticed that really stood out, everyone uh, from Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo was talking about motion capture input controls. Well, so. let's be clear now. Nintendo was talking about heartbeat capture. That's just the motion of your blood vessels. Uh, well, that, they also were talking about uh, the uh, Motion Plus oh, that's addition to, um, and they talked about uh, Wii Sports Resort and how much finer control you had with their controller. But I can't help it. It's on the tip of my tongue. It, 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 it's just a bulkier, more expensive controller, and it still wasn't really precise. It's, were, a, it's a hardware patch. That's it, what it is. Okay, so in addition to that, the big news on, on that front at the show was uh, Microsoft's Project uh, Natal, which, which basically um, does a controllerless experience for their Dash and for their games. Um, so we've got the Motion Plus as an add-on to the Wii Remote. We've got Project Natal and its premise of a controllerless Interface, and so then when we, you say controllerless, what is that? Oh, right, it's cameras. They're right, camera. They're watching you, and they have a depth camera as well. So it's as if they're reading out the whole depth of the scene. Right. Uh, so very cool. So that's how they were doing it with no controller. Also, I got to throw out the the kick. I got a friend, Ryan Geis, a uh, very awesome engineer. He's contracted for us in the past, and he's working on that project right now. Claims he wrote seventy percent of the code, and he's mighty proud. Okay, cool. And then, then there was what Sony had to offer. Now, Sony, um, you, you have uh, Microsoft go first with, with the camera implementation, uh, which is probably reducing it uh, a little too simply. But then you have uh, Nintendo talking about their Wii Remote add-on with the Motion Plus. And then you have Sony come out of the gate with um, a combination of iToy and motion controllers. So you have Microsoft saying camera, Nintendo saying controller, and then Sony saying both. Um, so what do you think the, the uh, who's right? So I mean my take after looking at the three, the best precision was coming out of Sony with the camera and the controller in hand. They had buttons which you're gonna need. You're, you're, I really do buy their argument that you're gonna need that button when you have a gun in your hand or for just other gameplay events, you want a button. So Nintendo and Sony have a good thing going there and the precision was great. They were doing some handwriting uh, with the Sony device so that was cool. But you have to hold a controller, it's got a light bulb on the end of it, and you have to stand in front of a camera, you can't go out of the, the view of the camera. So you need all those things working together at once to have a, the full system working. Frankly, that's a bit much. Um, and I'm not sure what the, what the market's really going to go for. Nintendo uh, cleared new ground here and got market adoption. Everybody looks like they're vying for it, but it, are the other guys really going to be able to um, make any traction? Yeah, I, I think that's pretty interesting because I, I have a Wii and I've used it, um, but nine times out of ten I'm playing traditional games on my 360. And when I look at the titles on Wii that I truly enjoyed, the motion controls were a tiny sliver, an additive gimmick, if you will. Um, I like to cite No More Heroes, which you could basically play, you could reconstruct the whole game to not use motion controls, but um, they chose to add motion controls in a way that was very compelling. 
uh, there's no way I would attempt to play that game with just motion controls. So, you know, what about the demographics that aren't uh, you? You know, maybe you're more towards the hardcore gamer. So maybe yeah. people... That's you know, a good question. And, and we talked about this at lunch the other day where, you know, I posited the question, has Nintendo already tapped that market out? Like, my parents have a Wii. They've turned it on three times. You know, have, has Nintendo already sold a motion control gimmick to every blue ocean consumer they identified? And so is this whole... Natal and iToy or iPad or whatever Sony's doing, you can tell I didn't pay attention to the pressers, is that just going to be another um, way for them to come up with something and realize that the market's already done? It's already right. been yeah, yeah, so let me jump in here because there's, there's a couple of good points that you made there that actually Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft are all looking at. So one of the things I wanted to say is, okay, there are people who are going to say, Microsoft, Sony, you're doing a MeTooism because Nintendo's already done it and they were first out of the gate. Not sure that's valid because that's how a lot of market penetration and growth is done, where somebody introduces somebody, something and then somebody builds on top of that and does a better or different implementation and grows market that way. But the other side of it is Sony was very clear in their presser as they segmented the market and looked at the people who play games, the people who don't play games, and the people who are on that tipping point of maybe playing games. And they're, they're, uh, what they're saying is basically for every two people that are a gamer, there's a third person that's just on that cusp of becoming a gamer. So they still say that there's, there's a third again in the market that they can go after. Now, if they're correct in that, uh, you got to be honest, it's not just Nintendo that can go after that additional market. So I think there's some viability there that if what's that tipping point is some sort of implementation with something like a motion controller, um, all three of the, the platform folks have got a good opportunity to grow their market. Um, what do you think about so, that? Uh, for me, it's it's coming down to the, the software. What games yeah, are going to come right. out? So, you know, Nintendo, I think part of their strategy was really focusing on this, uh, you know, Wii Sports and Wii Fit. That has made a lot of the progress into the new market area. Um, and so they're, they're basically those category of games, which are, hey, try to get some exercise and here's a fun way to do it. And um, include people who wouldn't normally play games. So let's make it easy for you to play games with your parents. And then there's other games that are more gimmick style that uh, you know apply to the more traditional gamer, but they're just new and different somehow. And I think that is a smaller niche. Yeah, I I don't want to. I'm not going to say that I think this is going to flop because I think there's a lot of cool technology there. I'm actually really excited about what the um, Natal stuff will do for the 360 dashboard experience. Uh, I think yeah. that'll be great, um, and and obviously it will allow um, some richer interaction. If you watch the Vision video where they were just swiping their hand through the air and scrubbing through menus, that that I think could be really cool and and has a lot of applications that could be fun. Right. But as far as the games go, I, I don't I don't buy this. For every two gamers, there's a third person on the cusp, and that this this motion control stuff is going to convert them. Well, no, They've I, already bought a Wii and realized that it was a bad investment. right? It's sitting idle in their house. I use my Wii. I think it's great, but my parents spent $250 and it sits around. Right, right. And and I think a lot of people are in that boat. I mean, we have a lot of co-workers who talk about, yeah, I don't ever turn my Wii on. Um, so I, I just really feel like this isn't... Um, this is an example of Nintendo went blue ocean and now everyone else is showing up. It's a red ocean and red oceans aren't where the big money's made if you subscribe to that theory. Right, right. And, and to be fair, so when Nintendo was talking about that for every two gamers, there's another gamer out there. They weren't saying that the motion um, control aspect is the tipping point. They were looking at from the overall portfolio offerings that they have as far as their Wii, their, their DS portfolio, and then the titles. 
Um, and then I, what I was saying is what if that motion controller is that tipping point or a component of, a component of that tipping point? Because I think there are two pieces to where um, motion control is going to move consoles or move titles. One is on the gimmick side, right? It's a new implementation. There are people like me that are probably going to buy stuff because it looks cool. It's a good tech implementation. It's unique, and I want to see what it does. But I really do agree with, with uh, what Vince said as far as I think it's around the content. And, and I think independent of the motion controller stuff, that's one of the big uh, battlegrounds that the three console folks have had. It's why we have the console exclusives, and it is all about the content. Uh, and if they have some implementations that require motion control, but not in a, in a great, I have to, to suffer through this tech in order to play the game, but in a, wow, this really is an immersive, cool experience because of this, um, I think they'll do well. You know, I've seen some some hands-on write-ups where uh, I think it was some of the Kotaku guys were talking about they used the Natal stuff for burnout. And they said it was a really good uh, experience, and they were really surprised with a, a game that was not designed for the Natal technology and was retrofitted for it and how well it did. At the same time, they talked about the kickball game that's the tech demo for Natal that was built for the tech and how that was a less than compelling and satisfying experience. Yeah, the, the vision video where the uh, kid walks in and there's the Kung Fu master on the screen and he starts kicking and punching. I've, I've been to E3. I played with those things back when they had various types of motion sensors hooked up to Tekken. And, you know, frankly, I don't want to play games that way. I don't want to clear a 10 by 10 space and go in and sit down to play a game and uh, get tired in the first two minutes and quit. And, uh, so, you should so work I out more. I should work out more? <laughs> yeah, the, the guy complaining about kicking and punching is the martial artist in the room. Um, no, I, I think the burnout is actually a really good yeah. example of how some content will fit this well because you, know, you watch the vision video and their hands are on an imaginary steering wheel and there's a large motion, right? The hand moves from up around chest height to down around their, their hips, to indicate shifting, right? I can see that working reasonably well, and it's also something that's reasonably stationary. You are not going to get tired doing that, right? But you know, I and, and I, I do think that people are going to need something in their hands. You know, I, I'm not sure that you need to have a controller, but you know, I think people are going to need some sort of prop or something like this. Maybe there'll be this whole secondary market where people will sell just plastic, non-functional, non-electronic props that people can use for the Natal technology. Uh, and it'll uh, hopefully do like better. The, like the tennis racket extension for the Wiimote? Yeah, but, yeah. It'll, but it won't even be an extension, right? It'll, it'll be just be a tennis people, racket. People will sell a tennis racket marked up and as working with uh, the Xbox. Okay, but that's enough on the tech side. You know, one of the other things that's really big about E3 is the games. Uh, so, you know, were there any games that you guys saw uh, released at E3 or, or re-announced or new uh, collateral or whatever, or were there missing games uh, that you wish they had talked about? The only one that I'm going to really bring up, um, I'm a longtime fan of Trackmania, and I saw that uh, right. you know, we had a great experience on the Sony uh, PlayStation with Little Big Planet and the amount of user-created content there. And so they've got Mod Nation, which is a racing game. Uh, it's a kart racer. But what I really liked was their uh, user content creation editor, where you effectively drive or fly around to lay down a track. Right. And they scoped up the terrain and all the decorations and set up on that track. They, they have a fairly nice figure-eight track that they did in five minutes that looks great. It has a lot of uh, features and capability in there. So I think um, you know, that, that was very interesting to me and, you know, as a one particular game, but also in a direction that uh, Little Big Planet has really spearheaded, and I think I'm eager to see even more games follow that. The rest of the games were more, uh, you know, a lot of traditional, more of the same from what I saw. Yeah. 
Well, I I have to take a moment to say the cliched, uh, I'm sad that Duke Nukem Forever wasn't there. Yeah, you know, I had done my prediction that maybe the, the 3D Realms shelving of, of Duke Nukem Forever was a, a red herring and this was going to be like the most awesome marketing faint it, ever. It looked that way for about a day and then real people's resumes started showing up on, on you know, real LinkedIn and things sites. like that, yeah. right, yeah. No, I, uh, I remember being sophomore in college and turning to my roommate after the 98, 99-ish time frame Duke Nukem Forever trailer and saying, that's going to be awesome, dude, right before we played Duke Nukem 3D over the university land. Um, so there's a part of me that's sad that that died. Um, you know, I didn't pay super close attention. I have certain pet franchises. I mentioned No More Heroes earlier. I was glad to hear there's a No More Heroes 2. Right, yeah. Uh, I know it did get kind of bumped from the Ubisoft press uh, thing. Um, so, But that's cool that that's coming out. Um, new Castlevania game from Kojima. Yep, that's exciting. Um, that's both exciting and scary because I hear it wasn't originally a Castlevania game, so I'm hoping it, it fits the um, the universe well. And then um, I'm a big Metroid fan. I don't know how to react to uh, basically former Team Ninja guys doing a Metroid title. Uh, it could be really cool, or it might not be Metroid. So I'm on a wait and see on that. But I'm I'm always excited to hear about Samus Aran, you know, blowing up some alien space jellyfish. Maybe it'll have bouncy so, physics or something. Um, no, no, she's in a suit. Right. All right. So you know, I gotta, uh, I gotta say, Adam, though, those are good games. Yep. Yeah. But I got to direct us. Uh, you know, you're the product manager. Did we have any Gamebryo powered games? We, we we did. We had uh, we had a few Gamebryo powered. Nice segue, Vince. <laughs> we had a few Gamebryo powered title, titles. Nice uh, segue. Yeah, nice segue. <laughs> uh, there are a few titles I did want to talk about. You know, the uh, Larian Studios, who's a longtime licensee of ours, um, had uh, Divine Divinity Two, which is coming out later this year, and I'm uh, very excited about uh, that title. Um, you know, Cyanide. I'm not sure if Cyanide Studios was showing their games, but you know, I'm a Blood Bowl franchise fan, and I'm looking forward to that title. They also recently released their Dungeon Party online free-to-play game. Uh, I don't think Freaky Creatures from Abandon showed at the show, but that's another of our titles. Heroes of Talara um, from Tryon Worlds Network did show at, at E3, and I had seen the trailers on Spike, and it, it's shaping up to be a very, very, uh, very nice title. Um, and then just prior to E3, and not uh, not really showing at the at the show floor, as far as I know, was Texas Cheatham uh, from uh, from Wide Load, which I still need to buy. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun t- it's a fun party game. It's it's nice to get uh, a bunch of people that you know and who are used to playing in the same room, playing Texas Hold'em and playing Texas Cheat'em. Uh, there were a couple other titles that I'm not going to mention yet, uh, but we probably will in the next couple weeks that uh, that showed at E3 or showed behind closed doors at E3. Um, so that's kind of exciting. Outside of those particular Game Real Power titles, I'm trying to think of some of the titles I was excited about. I am a Halo fan, so I am looking forward to Halo uh, 3 ODST. Uh, Halo Reach is interesting, but right now that's all it is since there's not really a lot of information there for me. Um, I like the UB team, so Assassin's Creed 2 looks compelling to me. Um, even uh, uh, Epic uh, Games from down the street, their their uh, chair studios uh, acquisition is going to be doing a XBLA title. Um, their second with the Unreal Engine, and I think that'll be an interesting uh, offering. Kind of looks like a, a mashup of uh, of Contra and. Uh, uh, I don't know. Kind of Metroid a little bit a little, in yeah. terms of the the maps and the, the yeah. way you navigate. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, the Metroidvania style of gaming. So Metroidvania, it's well, a new it's a new genre. I thought, you, I thought well, you hate subgenres. No, no, no. Metroidvania, the Symphony of the Night. Came oh yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. And took Castlevania and applied sort of Metroid style level design and right. gameplay mechanics and and 
Hence, all subsequent Castlevanias in the 2D are referred to as Metroidvanias. All right, um, all right. I'm big gonna, fan. I'm going to pull it in a little bit again because Vince did it earlier. So, I, you know, doing the product management thing again. So, one of the big bumps with E3, since it's an industry event, is you know we've got a lot going on with our new Gabriel Lightspeed product. So, you know, we've got a ton of eval. We just uh, launched this product uh, at uh, at GDC. A lot of licenses are moving. You know, what's going on 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 the Lightspeed front, Vince? Well, they're making me travel a lot because yeah. we've got <laughs> evaluations out the wazoo. You get to travel. Yeah, a lot. you got to go to Japan and Korea. That's awesome. I hey, yeah, go. yeah, you want to do a 30 second summary of, of the international trip, Vince? Sure, I had an awesome international trip. Um, my first trip to Asia, which was, you know, a personal uh, exciting moment for me. Um, for work, it was incredibly busy, it was slammed full. Um, we've got uh, some excellent traction in that area. I was uh, dropped in front of 300 uh, people for a presentation. I went a couple hours uh, in, into all the technical details of what light speed is, um, and uh, then I did a, another day follow-up where I was put in a room with a translator and uh, development team after development team who had already purchased Game Bureau Lightspeed came in and just uh, had tons of questions for me, and uh, we just went through lots of stuff. So that was good fun, and Tokyo had never been there before. There are a lot of awesome developers that you just jump on the subway, uh, you ride around a little bit, you come out, and suddenly Konami, Bandai Namco, Square Enix, nice massive buildings. They're just very impressive, and to have them all in one place and so easily accessible is great. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very exciting, actually, in the next three to six months to the, the announcements that will be rolling out uh, uh, of folks that are have licensed Lightspeed and are doing things with it. You know, we recently announced... Um, our uh, THQ uh, master agreement that uh, that we uh, just finalized. Very excited about that. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what people are doing with the new tech. We haven't really summarized what Lightspeed is. Uh, this is kind of a, a weird way to back into it, but Vince, at a, at a 30,000 foot level, or Dan, can one of you kind of summarize what Lightspeed is about and, and uh, how it's different in a new offering? Yeah, well, I mean, Lightspeed's, um, Gabriel Lightspeed is great because it takes um, the heritage and the technology we built up with Gamebryo um, and expands it in a really compelling manner. Uh, you know, the the quick short summary is it it adds very very powerful uh, gameplay systems to that. So there's an entity system, gameplay, integrated scripting, but it also adds two important concepts that are threaded throughout the whole product, which is rapid iteration. So the ability to make a change to content and see it instantly on your target platform, and rapid prototyping are our goal to have a tool chain and a pipeline that makes it very easy to come up with ideas, gameplay, and content ideas and get them into the game as fast as possible. So you put those together, you know, you've got the Gamebryo heritage of uh, rendering um, and strong uh, support there, and you put that together with these new gameplay systems and the rapid iteration, rapid prototyping concepts, and it's it's truly a powerful offering. It, so it, it, so it, we added a, you know, a pile of tools to support that as well. Right, so yes, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that, Vince. So, yeah, we've got a you know a new tool chain uh, set up. It starts with the foundational tool we call Toolbench, and it sort of uh, hosts these other tools as plugins inside of it. And the nice thing there is that you can pivot between World Builder, which is our level editor uh, style tool. You can pivot instantly between that and our entity modeling tool, which is the gameplay logic tool. It's all data-driven gameplay logic. So it's very nice. Uh, it's part of what enables rapid prototyping and rapid iteration is that we can do so much purely in an editor, purely uh, by building it out in data, and it doesn't. you don't have to code it up in C++. You don't have to recompile. 
And you can pivot into, um, for example, a nice script debugger, um, so you can edit your script code there and you know hit breakpoints and look at watch variables and everything like that. Um, so yeah, the tool chain, um, significant improvement, and uh, basically the second generation of uh, some of that tech uh, that builds on some of the things we released a few years ago. Right, and then some. And when you talk about building on the stuff that we've released before, it's, it's the same multi-platform support that we've got. So we support the PC, the Wii, the, the PS3, the 360, uh, the same multi-core support. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's genre independent. So, you know, basically any game that you can think of in any genre, it's been made uh, using emerging game technologies tech. Um, so we're building on that foundation. We're building on that excitement, and uh, it's been very, very well received. It really is great for rapid prototyping, standing up content, publisher playables, those kind of things very quickly, and used throughout um, uh, the, uh, the the development process. Um, so that uh, basically we're talking about from prototyping through uh, production and publishing, which is very exciting. Now we're, we're running short on time, so we should probably uh, you know wrap up with maybe the biggest announcement from E3, which is Dan Twitter integration coming for uh, the Xbox 360 dashboard. I am I'm, I am so very very upset to hear that now I will have to be subjected to what you had for lunch on my 360. You can choose... Dan, Dan is, a, is, a, is a tweet hater, and uh, I, I, I am... I'm on a low-information diet. I check my email twice a day. I don't care what you had for lunch and what However, you're Twittering. There's the people out there who love the Twitter. You I love, love Facebook, too. I love the Twitter. Facebook, not only on 360. You can follow me on the, Twitter at Adam Cray. Go ahead. Nintendo DSi. Gonna have yep. the Facebook. Yep. You can take pictures. Oh no, the Facebook. I, I I mean I get it. I know I know a lot of people like it and I'm but this sort of obsession with instantly having access to it. I met up with with a friend on vacation and they you know, at at the dinner table they're like updating their Facebook with their sushi order. Like, okay, that's dude, a little much. Dude, no one cares. You're not that important. But uh, there are probably some people who care. And they are that important. What kind of friend are you? All right, no, that's good. Damon's Let's... very important to me. He's a good friend. Go check out his music, DJ Skywalker. But I don't care about his, uh, you know, Facebook updates. I'd like to listen to his music and get. You're not a email. teenager. Got to be a teenager. All right, man. Okay, that's, that's true. Let... If I were a teenager, this would be a lot better. Let, let's uh, let's wrap up uh, real quick and, and uh, just by way of wrap up, can you um, say who you are again and uh, point people to a, a website or a blog if you've got it? Sure. So uh, this was Vincent Scheib. Happy to drop opinions on you. And you can see more at beautifulpixels at blogspot.com. Uh, just drop it into Google, Beautiful Pixels, and you will land on my technical blog. Dan? Uh, Dan Amerson, technical director for the Gambrio Core Runtime. Uh, my blog is online at whatmakesyouthinkimnot.wordpress.com. That's the quote from Donnie Darko, if you're wondering. Um, what, and what, you makes, what, what makes you think you're not... A superhero. A superhero. A superhero. Oh, a superhero. Donnie Darko, that sounds like a superhero name. Oh. And he says, what makes you think I'm not? All right, and this is uh, Adam Creighton. I'm the product manager um, at Emerging Game Technologies, and you can find more from me at adamcreighton.com slash gaming. Thanks a lot, and that's it for this iteration of our podcast. Unless you follow Adam's Twitters. Then you'll get more than you would ever want. About his lunch. All right. That's enough. Thanks, all. Ciao.